With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's Wednesday, which means it's time for Midweek with Manish. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Hey, Manish, seems like you are a lightning rod again this week. (laughs) Uh, What are you talking about, Scott? Can you elaborate? Hmm, could be your report about one coin in Williams, perhaps, and the fact that it seems like everybody on earth is punching at you over it. Yeah, look, I, you know, obviously I can't speak to what anybody else uh, uh, reports. You know, my job is to report what I know, and my understanding is that the Jets have made it clear that uh, Quinn and Williams can be had for the right price. That being said, it's also my understanding that the Jets haven't, uh, necessarily said that a first-round pick is what it would take to get Williams. Uh, I've also been told that a, a second-round pick isn't enough either. So uh, essentially multiple picks, you know, whether that's two or three picks, I, I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, so it's possible. Now, look, we're a week away, less than a week now, away from the trade deadline. The Jets have you know, done their work to this point. Perhaps they feel like they've exhausted, uh, you know, the, all possible avenues. I, I don't know. But uh, what I do know is that uh, they are amenable to trading him. This isn't a scenario where the Jets uh, are just fielding calls. Uh, Obviously, Joe Douglas 
has said repeatedly that uh, he's always going to listen to offers. Uh, you know, in the past, he has said that he's also engaged in conversations with teams for players, uh, you know, most notably Jamal Adams, and then Jamal Adams was traded. But, uh, you know, this is a scenario where you know, Joe Douglas uh, did not draft Quinton Williams. I frankly don't think it makes much sense at all to even entertain trading Quinton Williams because he is such, uh, you know, a young player, talented player, clearly a player who's ascending much better in his second season than he was as a rookie. And when you look at this roster, how many building block pieces do you actually have? I think Quinton Williams, who's not going to be 23 until December, should be one of those pieces. You also have him relatively cheap over the next, uh, at least for the next two to three years. He's got two years remaining on his rookie contract after this year uh, at a reasonable price. You also have the fifth year option that he can attach after that. Uh, you know, you would, you would assume if he's playing at a high level, that he would get a long-term deal. Regardless, I think this is a player that you build around, and there's also the, you know, the very big consideration. You are going to have a new coaching staff after this season, and you would like for your new coach to determine how valuable Quinton Williams will be for his defense. So I don't think it makes much sense. I know that the Jets are trying to acquire as much draft capital as possible. It's not as if they're, uh, you know, giving away players for free. Uh, we've seen in the last week and a half trading away Steve McClendon and most recently Jordan Willis for day three future picks. This isn't that type of scenario. With Quinn and Williams, you'd obviously want premium draft capital, multiple picks. Uh, I ultimately don't think they're going to be able to do it because if they had uh, somebody who was willing to give up something that they thought was suitable, they would have made the trade by now. But you you still have five or six days left. Uh, Anything is possible. But uh, the reality is that Look, the, the team was always going to uh, deny shopping, uh, however you want to characterize it, shopping or willing to trade Quinn Williams. That's not a surprise. Uh, the reality, however, is that uh, if they got a reasonable price, something they thought was reasonable, uh, yeah, they made it clear that uh, Quinn Williams could be had. Just to be clear, last year at the trade deadline, what happened with Jamal Adams was teams called, and when they did, Joe Douglas said, here is the price that it would take to get Jamal Adams. He set an astronomically high price, most likely because he didn't have any real intention of moving Adams at the time, but was willing to do it if he was blown out of the water. What you're saying now is that's not what's going on with Quentin Williams, but instead what's happening is that they are actively pursuing trade partners, yes? Yeah, look, there's a yeah, there's a lot of gray area in there, so it's not as if they are dying to trade uh, Quinn Williams before November 3rd, and they will trade him at all costs. Uh, but they're amenable to the idea. They're open to the idea if they get what they think is a, a fair price. This is obviously a team in rebuild mode. Uh, again, it's one thing to tear things down. I, you know, I understand that you need to do that every now and then. The Jets. You know, just a few years ago, tore everything down uh, before drafting Sam Darnold. So to do it two, you know, three or four years later, to me, seems a little bit ridiculous. But regardless, and these are not players, by and large, that Joe Douglas brought in. The players that Douglas brought in in free agency in the draft haven't been particularly good for the most part to this point. Uh, uh, and you know, I think you're going to see a big turnover in free agency with a lot of these guys that were brought in this year by Douglas not being back next year. But in terms of actively pursuing trading Quinn and Williams, uh, you know, I, I just think when you, when you look around the league and you, you kind of dissect how players are traded and the dynamics of that, uh, typically 
if you want to trade a player, you will call up a team that needs uh, that particular position and say, hey, look, you know, we're willing to trade this guy to you if you give us you know, a first-round pick back, second-round pick, third-round pick, whatever it may be. Uh, I think the Jets have been a little bit more nebulous in terms of specific compensation. However, the intent has been clear, which is that he, he can be had. Uh, again, you know, this has been going on, I think, for a, a couple weeks now. We're down the home stretch before the deadline. Uh, I don't know, definitively know if the, the Jets feel like you know, no reasonable offer is coming at this point. But, uh, you know, the notion that uh, they're just sitting back and waiting for offers to come, not necessarily accurate. And, again, the team will spin it behind the scenes and – do whatever they need to do because the last thing you want is for there to be acrimony between a player and the team. There's plenty of that going around with this franchise and their players. So I don't think uh, you're ever going to hear a general manager, whether it's Joe Douglas or anybody else, say, yeah, we were shopping this particular player, especially a young, talented player like Quinn and Williams. I think what you're going to see and what you have seen is that the team will try to get out you know, their side of the story through back channels and uh, you know, that that's what they choose to do. Obviously, I can't control uh, what they, they choose to do. I can only control the information that I get. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident in the information that I have. For what it's worth, Andrew Brandt came out and said in response to the stories about Quinton Williams potentially being shopped, that the reports that are running counter to this, that he's not being shopped, mean that the offers have been underwhelming so far. So it's possible that they put it out there that he could be had for the right price. As you said, they haven't gotten the offers that they were expecting or hoping for. And now it's going to be a situation where they're going to end up keeping him. I hope that's what happens if they are legitimately shopping him, and I don't know for a fact that they are, but if that was what was going on, it makes absolutely no sense to me. He's 22 years old. He's becoming one of the best players in the league at his position. That's a guy that you build around, not a guy that you trade away for more dart throws. I could see doing that for older, established players, guys that are maybe at the end of their contract, somebody like Marcus May, Brian Poole, Jordan Jenkins. Those, to me, make more sense as potentially guys that you would trade at the trade deadline. So, Manish, are you hearing anything about those guys? Well, you named a bunch of guys uh, who are on one-year deals, uh, expiring contracts is how I like to put it, because these guys are going to be free agents after the season. And if you're in rebuild mode uh, and you don't have real designs on extending a guy uh, and giving a guy a multi-year deal, it makes sense theoretically to trade those players. Now, Avery Williamson is a guy that the Jets have tried to trade for over a year now. And uh, he's got, I want to say, somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe four, three or $4 million remaining on his contract. That's a, a heavy load for uh, you know a team to pick up. So I think it'd be very difficult to trade him. The Jets obviously would love to trade him. Henry Anderson was another player who I think they would love to trade. But again, the money he's making makes it difficult. Uh, Marcus May is a player who's going to frankly, you know, make a, a pretty good amount in free agency. Uh, you'd have to look at possible suitors who are in the mix, uh, you know, in the playoff mix who need a safety. Uh, I, you know, I, I just think for all of these guys, you know, May specifically, because he's a, a guy I think is, is going to command a decent amount on the open market, but even Avery Williamson, Henry Anderson, uh, you mentioned Jordan Jenkins as well, who's a quality player, but a little bit banged up right now. Uh, Brian Poole, 
is on a, uh, you know, his second consecutive one-year deal. So he's on an expiring contract. You know, these guys are potential rentals. And, you know, do you want to give up a draft pick? Uh, you know, especially, if, you know, if it's not a day three pick. If it's a day three pick, like you saw with McClendon and Willis, maybe you'd be willing to part with him. But if you're giving up, uh, you know, some, some a mid-round pick for one of these guys who might just be a rental I don't know if it's going to be possible. I, I, I certainly think that Joe Douglas would love to unload uh, a lot of these guys that we just said, if he could unload, unload three or four more players and even get you know, day three picks, you know, even get six-round picks, maybe if he's lucky, a fifth-round pick you know, for one of these guys. I think he would be ecstatic because you know, the Jets are 0-7. They're not going anywhere. These games mean nothing. Uh, you can play some of your younger players. And you, you know, if you're losing – and being non-competitive with some of these veterans uh, who aren't particularly stars, if you will, then why not give some of the younger players a chance and, and uh, in the meantime pick up some additional draft capital that you can either use on your own or package yourself during the draft to move up in the draft. It gives you a lot of flexibility. The Jets have nine picks in each of the next two drafts, and uh, general managers love their draft picks, You know, whether it's Joe Douglas or, or Mike McCagnan, Mike Tannenbaum, you know, all these guys love hoarding these picks because it does give you options, uh, not necessarily drafting the players, but at least gives you the opportunity to package player, uh, package picks to you know, maneuver up the board, even if it's like from late round to mid round. So I understand the power, the power in draft picks. Uh, you know, I thought the, the moves that Douglas made uh, shipping McClendon to Tampa and then Jordan Willis, most recently to San Francisco, I thought they were smart moves. You know, minor moves in the grand scheme of things, but moves that clearly uh, could help the team because you know, keeping those players don't necessarily uh, that that would necessarily you know further the cause moving forward. Uh, so there's just a lot of pieces at play. I know Joe Douglas would like to move a lot of these guys, uh, but it takes two to tango. I don't know if anyone's going to give up draft capital for any of these guys. I, I don't know if you're going to see any kind of blockbuster trade. The only the only, the only marquee name would be Quinn Williams. And again, I think you're at this point now uh, with less than a week left in the, dra- in the, uh, you know, the, the trade deadline window where, uh, you know, unless the team comes out of left field and just wows them, I, I think it might be difficult. But the bottom line is that they're open to trading him and virtually everybody on the team other than probably, you know, this 2019 uh, or this 2020 draft class. There aren't very many pieces who are untouchable. I frankly think that Quinn Williams should be in that select group of untouchable players. Uh, and, and ultimately, look, I think he's not going to get traded. But, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, they're just sitting back and listening to offers and they're, they're not really willing to trade him. You know, it's a lot of team spin behind the, channel, behind the scenes. And, you know, it's predictable, to be honest with you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Manish, trading Quinn and Williams would be ridiculous at this point. I'll reiterate that from what I said earlier. Connor Rogers, our friend over at Bleacher Report, has said that teams have called, but the Jets have felt that the offers have been underwhelming. They're not necessarily looking to move him, but for the right price, they'd consider it. So this seems sort of like letting teams know he's not untouchable, but that it would cost them a pretty penny to get Quinn and Williams. Either way, I still think that it would make very little sense because you need some pieces to build around. And that's why I wanted to talk about Jamison Crowder because he's been another name that people are discussing in terms of players the Jets could move at the trade deadline. 27 years old, he's had his fair share of injuries, but it's mostly just been nagging stuff. He's played most of the way. He had that ankle injury that limited his season in 2018, and he's missed a couple games this year. But other than that, he's played almost every game in his career. Highly productive player. You can go to JetsXFactor.com. Michael Nania has all the stats on Crowder and how much he's brought to this Jets offense. And people are going to say, well, they can win or lose without him. Who cares? The problem is you're looking at a guy who is a really good offensive weapon. He's still got one year left on his deal. He's only 27 years old. Whether it's Darnold or somebody else next year, he's going to need somebody to throw to. Denzel Mims looked good in his first game, but we still don't know what he's going to be. This would be the Robbie Anderson mistake all over again, I think, if they were to let him walk out the door, whether they trade him for an underwhelming offer or they release him in the offseason to save money on the cap. As I was joking with you before we started recording, and I tweeted this out on Twitter this morning as well, I can't wait for the reaction of Jets fans who are calling for Crowder to be traded because they want to save that money after they see that money be used to sign a backup quarterback and bring back Brashad Perriman because all these fancy names that are going to be free agents most likely are going to get locked up before free agency and even if they aren't the Jets will face stiff competition for their services so to me trading Crowder for anything less than say a second round pick would be a bad idea because he's a very useful weapon still in the prime of his career And whoever the quarterback is needs some weapon, somebody who's proven that he can move the chains in this league. Crowder is the only guy they have that fits that bill. So if you're trading him, I think the return has got to be really, really strong. Uh, Well, look, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't think there's any chance that a team would give up a second-round pick for Crowder. Uh, If they did, I think the Jets would trade him in a second. I I just don't think that's really what his market value is. Uh, and I agree with you that 
whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Sam Donald uh, in 2021 or Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, whoever it may be, uh, they, you do need weapons. And that's kind of the, you know, the, the debate that we've had about Sam Donald. He doesn't have enough weapons. Well, if Sam Donald doesn't have enough weapons, uh, would Trevor Lawrence have enough weapons next year if he were the, the quarterback, for example? So you need good players, and I agree with you there. Uh, I think his cap number is over $11 million next year in the final year of his three-year deal. That is, uh, you know, relatively speaking, for a slot receiver, that is that is high. Uh, you know, I think if the Jets could move him for a third-round pick that they would strongly consider it. Uh, I, I actually don't think that they would get that offer uh, for Crowder. And he's a productive player. Now, he had some injury issues, soft tissue injuries in Washington, and then he had the ankle injury that uh, cut short one of his seasons. So he has been banged up, but, but he's been extremely productive with, with the Jets. You know, he, that's, that's fairly obvious, right, in the time that he's been here. Uh, I also think there's another element to the Crowder story, which is if you did, in fact, trade him in the next week, uh, then, in effect, you are giving up on Sam Darnold. And we can have a, a different discussion about whether they've given up on Darnold as an organization uh, already. But I think the trading away Crowder you know, a week or so after cutting Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> I think that would tell you that uh, they're not really interested in helping out Darnold for the rest of the season. And if that's the case, then they're not interested in having Sam Darnold as their quarterback uh, moving forward. So that would signify not only the end of Crowder's tenure with the Jets, I think for all intents and purposes, it would signify the end of Sam Darnold's time as well. Uh, you know, it's a depressed cap next year. We know that, right, $175 million or so. Uh, and, you know, $11 million, uh, again, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much as a cap number. And as we've discussed before, and I know you've discussed many times with other people, Scott, you can manipulate the cap any number of ways. Uh, it still is, you know, again, relative to other players at his position, it is still a high number. I think what would make the most sense, frankly, would be to extend Crowder before the end of the season uh, or in the off offseason uh, so he doesn't play on that lame duck third year. And, you, you know, you give him a little bit more security, a little bit more guaranteed money, and then you ultimately can smooth out your cap, lower the cap numbers for the next few years. That, to me, makes the most sense. I, I would be very surprised, frankly, if they cut him in the offseason. I don't think that makes any sense at all. So, I, look, I think the smart course of action, and probably what's going to happen is that they will uh, – I think they'll give him an extension. Frankly, I, I don't know what it would be. I don't even know if he would be interested in any kind of extension. But I think that they would do that rather than let him play on the third year. Uh, you know, at least I think that's the smart move. I mean, ultimately, I don't know what Joe Douglas is going to do. I, the other factor, you know, as I said earlier about something else, is you really want to know how your new head coach feels about about the roster. And, and specifically, you know, for this discussion, how does he feel about Crowder? I mean, does he want Crowder to be a part of the future? And, and that matters. You know, ultimately, Joe Douglas shapes the roster, but he really needs to work in tandem with the guy that he hires, uh, the new guy, and determine, hey, you know, this guy, this new head coach really likes this player, not so hot on this other player. All that stuff matters. Otherwise, it's, never, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for Joe Douglas. He and his new head coach have to be on the same page. They have to go through the roster thoroughly and determine what players make the most sense to build off with and what players are expendable uh, and maybe could be traded before the draft even. So there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, you know, 
I, I would prefer keeping Crowder for a, a number of different reasons. I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they traded Crowder. I mean, I think you feel more strongly about that than I do, Scott. But ultimately, he is one of the few assets that this team actually has on offense. I 100% would try to get an extension done with him. And as you said, you could play a little bit of games with the money. And that's how you would save off of the 2021 cap, but still keep a very productive offensive player for Darnold or whoever the next quarterback is. And speaking of Darnold, he and Adam Gase spoke to the media yesterday. What did they have to say? Well, you know, another poor performance on the stat sheet and in the win-loss column for both guys for the head coach and the quarterback uh you know what i thought was telling was that adam gase did say look in that second half sam Darnold did not have much time uh, there was a lot of heat coming and the, the bills did make an adjustment uh in the second half you know, compared to how they played the jets specifically on those first three drives because look dallas loggins you know, he did a good job in those first three drives you get to the red zone in your first three drives, you come away with 10 points, and yes, they got stuffed on that fourth and one uh, on a, uh, I guess it was a, a read option play, and uh, Gase said that if Sam Darnold had actually kept the ball instead of handing it off, he didn't think that Darnold would have gotten the first down because Jerry Hughes was kind of right in, right in front of him or in position to make the tackle. So Darnold made the you know the right call handing it off, and you know obviously the player got stuffed, and they turned it over on downs. But that being said, they were moving the ball really well in those first three drives. Uh, I just, you know, I, I'm sure it's happened. Uh, I'm just trying to rack my brain. I can't um, remember a time when a team, you know, looked really solid on those first three drives. I mean, only 10 points, so they could have done more there. But yardage-wise, they did really well. And then to finish the game with 22 plays for 25 net yards – I mean, this is the NFL. I, I can't remember a time where a team ran that many plays for that few uh, net yardage. 22 plays for 25 net yards. I, 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 it just, it's unfathomable. The, the, the offense looked as poor as it's ever looked this season in that second half. And it probably looked better than it's ever looked all season in the first three drives. So clearly the Jets didn't make the proper adjustments. What I thought was telling from uh, Darnold after the game and then the day after the game was uh, he, he said, look, we have to do a better job making adjustments. So I think that falls on players, yes, but that also falls on coaching as well. Uh, look, Sam Darnold is, is as classy as it gets. You know, he, he's not going to throw people under the bus. But something he said last month really kind of stuck in my brain, and I filed it away, and it just kind of jumped back out at, at me uh, after the game when he talked about not making the proper adjustments and, and you know, getting the proper protection. Uh, he said last when he was asked, uh, this was after maybe the third or fourth game, uh, and he hadn't played particularly well, obviously, early in the season as well. He was asked about his confidence level that he could be the franchise quarterback uh, despite these struggles. And he said, uh, unsolicited, he said that the quarterback and the head coach are ultimately judged by wins and losses. Now, this was not a question about Adam Gase. Nobody asked him about Gase. They asked him about himself and about whether he thought he was a franchise quarterback, and he lumped the head coach in with him. And I thought that was a smart thing to do. I don't know if that was something that he had planned or just kind of you know came to him. But you know, ultimately, 
his struggles are Adam Gase's struggles. And I think that, uh, you know, I've been extremely bullish on Darnold and I am probably his biggest supporter you know, outside of his family and friends in terms of what I think he can become in this league. And I really think that he's been damaged to a certain extent by the organization. And that means the head coach for the scheme. Uh, that means the general manager for, uh, you know, giving him uh, a poor supporting cast, giving him a substandard offensive line. Uh, you know, you look at this offensive line, and I, I know that you know, Makai Beckton has looked good. I think that's undeniable, right? He, he's been solid in the three or so games that he's played. Uh, but there's issues, specifically in the interior. Now, you and I, Scott, I know disagree on how well you know, George Fan has played to this point. But I think as a whole, we can all uh, we can both agree the offensive line has really not been that much better than a year ago. And if you're trying to develop this young quarterback, you not only need skill position players that can help him, but you need proper protection. And the Jets just incredibly – and look, there's a number of different analytics sites that break down pressures and hurries, but I'll just I'll point out one, just one, pro football focus. Uh, four of the five Jets offensive linemen rank in the top 15 in pressures allowed in the NFL. And that's not interior offensive line or tackles. It's the entire offensive line. So all offensive line positions, four of the five, uh, everyone except Becton, ranks in the top 15 in pressures allowed. And, and the guards are in the top four in pressures allowed at their position. Connor McGovern has allowed the second most pressures at center. Only uh, the rookie center in Denver has allowed more. And I think Fant, uh, among tackles, has allowed the ninth most pressures. Uh, and, and again, you, you know, you could say it's subjective, and, and that's, that's a fair criticism. But the bottom line is when you watch the games, clearly the quarterback, whether it's Darnold or the two games with Flacco, the quarterback has been under duress way too many times. And I think that's really hurt Darnold's development. Ultimately, Darnold needs to take ownership of the mistakes that he's made. Uh, you know, I was just talking to someone actually this morning on another team about Darnold missing guys who are open. And I know, Scott, you and I have talked about that as well. Like, hey, this guy was open on this particular play. Darnold didn't see him. Uh, and that does fall on Darnold, but I think he's gotten to the point where things have gone so south for him uh, you know, because of a combination of you know, poor protection, uh, the scheme not being good, him not making the, the right decision uh, consistently enough. All of those factors have uh, really kind of come together and he is, you know, he he's just not the player that we saw in December of his rookie year when he was trending to the sky. And you thought, wow, year two, new head coach, this guy is just going to take off. He's just, you know, he has not taken those big steps. And I don't think there's one culprit. I think it's unfair to just say it's Adam Gase, you know, or it's unfair to say it's just Joe Douglas or Christopher Johnson for putting all this together. I think everybody, including the player himself, including the general manager who's no longer there, I think all of these people play a role, but it's so unfortunate because he's only 23 years old, and I think that the best thing for him after this season would be for the Jets to trade him, whether they have the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence or not. I just think that he needs a new, set, you know, a new scenery, a new teacher, a new setting to kind of reset and find out if he can actually become the player that everybody thought or most people thought he was going to be because we knew coming out of USC he had some mechanical issues that needed to be corrected, and that was going to come only with good teaching. He hasn't gotten that good teaching, and he just hasn't developed. Uh, you know, I still to this day, and this is probably something I'm curious to see, hear what you think, Scott, 
I'm curious to this day to know why Adam Gase just didn't bite the bullet and hire a quarterback coach. I know he wanted to streamline everything and have only his voice in Darnold's ear, and he didn't want somebody else to potentially contradict him. But ultimately, I think that just harmed Darnold because all you had was Adam Gase teaching him and essentially Dow Loggins signing off on everything Gase told him. The answer to your question, Manish, is one word, hubris. That's it. That's the reason that he didn't hire a quarterback's coach because he trusted himself and felt that there was nobody better to bring Sam Darnold along. And so that's why he didn't end up bringing in a second voice. And I think there's no question that it ended up being to the detriment of not only Darnold, but Gase, because Darnold's development has not gone the way that we hoped, and Gase has now put himself in a position where he is very likely to be fired as a result of that decision. So hubris got him this time. It's not the first time for Adam Gase. It probably won't be the last. So hopefully somebody in the Jets organization has learned from this and realizes that that can't be the model that is used for whoever the next head coach winds up being. We'll say as far as the offensive line, Manish, it's been really weird because other than Becton, it's been different culprits each week. This past week, the biggest culprit was Josh Andrews, who I think allowed nine pressures, which is unbelievable. He was terrible. I hope we don't have to see him again, whether it's Cam Clark or even trying a Doga out at guard. They've got to do something else. But it's been weird because I think Fant has played much better than we expected for the most part. He didn't play all that well this past week, and he had that bad game when he was playing injured a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, he's been fairly solid. McGovern has had a good game or two, but he's been disappointing. Van Roten has been up and down. Alex Lewis is hurt now. So the offensive line has shown you some glimmers of hope in spots, but also each week it seems like there's another key victim or victims on that line. So it's something they're going to have to figure out going forward. They know Becton is a keeper. Beyond that, they're going to have to use the rest of the season to evaluate and see what they think. Hopefully, when Cameron Clark finally plays, he proves that he could be a piece to move forward with as well. But Manish, a big part of the reason that the Jets are almost historically huge underdogs this Sunday is because of all the issues that you were talking about. Sam Darnold struggling, Adam Gase not being able to get out of his own way as coach, the offensive line not exactly being top of the line. You could look through all of the different units on the team, all of the different positional groups, and you're going to see that the Chiefs have an edge and a pretty large edge almost everywhere on the field. 19 and a half points. Do you think, Manish, that this is going to go up or down before game time? And do you think the Chiefs are going to cover? Because that's basically a three-touchdown spread. Yeah, the, the opening line was over 20. Uh, you know, there was a point during Sunday when I actually thought that the line might get to 25, and then I, you know, then I kind of took a step back and said there's no way Vegas would make a 25-point line in an NFL game. So, look, it's, it's a shade under 20. I guess it depends on what sports book you're looking at. And uh, I, think, I think Patrick Mahomes did not play the final seven minutes last week when they destroyed Denver. And I, I suppose the only way the Jets could cover realistically would be if there was a similar scenario where Andy Reid just took you know, his, his foot off the gas midway through the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter, because if the Chiefs went full throttle for four quarters, 19.5 points, that's a gift. I mean, lay the 19.5 points if they were going to do that. Andy Reid is a, you know, he's a classy guy. I don't, I don't think that he would want to rub it in necessarily. That being said, 
I think that when the game is out of reach, because it will be out of reach uh, when we get to the probably the second half, you know, midway through the third quarter, certainly in the fourth quarter, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Le'Veon Bell, that, that for sure, because their offense, you know, it, it runs through Patrick Mahomes, of course, uh, and that passing game. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, their rookie, has been absolutely terrific in his first season, and he got the lion's share of touches last week. I would anticipate that, yes, Le'Veon Bell will get his opportunities, specifically uh, when they're trying to run out the clock in the second half, but uh, I think the the Chiefs are going to jump on top of the Jets behind Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, uh, maybe uh, Mecole Hardman, uh, one of their other receivers, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, all of these other pieces. It's just too much weaponry for the Jets uh, to keep up. I, I don't know, you know, when you're talking about an offense that's 32nd, dead last in virtually every offensive category, how how, how can they keep up? And you know, I typically would say 19 and a half points. I would take the underdog, no matter how bad the underdog is. But you know, the fact that <laughs> we're talking about the reigning Super Bowl champions is games in Kansas City. Obviously, crowd's not a big factor. They have a small portion of fans. But the, the fact that Jets have to travel is a consideration. I don't see how the Jets can keep it close unless they get some backdoor you know, touchdowns in complete garbage time. I, I suppose that's possible. But the, these, this team has had a hard time even scoring in garbage time. You know, uh, we can break down all the stats uh, about how bad the offense actually is. The thing that I found out this week that was just mind-blowing to me, and maybe it shouldn't be because the Jets have been so bad on offense, but nine players in the league, Scott, nine players have as many touchdowns uh, as the Jets' offense, seven. So the Jets, I believe, have eight total touchdowns, one on a pick six, but they have seven touchdowns, 79 total offensive points in seven games. There are nine players, I believe, six running backs, two wide receivers, and believe it or not, a quarterback who has found the end zone seven times, the same amount of times as the Jets. Like Kyler Murray has seven rushing touchdowns, Adam Thielen, uh, and I think Tyler Lockett have seven touchdowns, and then six other running backs. Uh, and the Vikings, who who stink this year, they have two players, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, who each have seven touchdowns this year, the same amount as the Jets. And and it's one thing to say this two or three weeks into the season, but we're one game shy of the midway point of the NFL season, and to have nine separate players score as many touchdowns as your offense has is, I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. Mish, all those reasons are exactly why the Chiefs are favored by almost three touchdowns. The Jets are a bit of a mess. The Chiefs look like they may very well be on their way to back-to-back Super Bowls. And so if you want to bet on the Jets to cover or you think the Chiefs are just going to roll the Jets, either way, you can go to my bookie right now, bet on that game or any other NFL game, some college football. You can bet on combat sports like MMA or boxing, anything you want, all available at my bookie. And when you sign up, use the promo code OVERTIME, get yourself a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. Make the games you watch into a profit session with my bookie. Use the promo code OVERTIME and get yourself a dollar-for-dollar match deposit bonus when you sign up at my bookie. 
Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. We will talk again next week. In the meantime, follow Manish on Twitter and read his work in the New York Daily News. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.